Good morning, everyone. I'm back. I know um, I was grateful to Cantor Dan Mutlu for being your uh, meditation teacher last week um, while I was in Israel. Um, and I'm happy to be with you all today. It's been a heavy time. As you know, yesterday we marked Memorial Day, which for many in America is another day off from work, a day for barbecues and happy gatherings. But it's also for millions of Americans a day of grief and memory for someone lost in service to our country. And it does feel that it's important that we have opportunities not just for people to mark individual losses, but for communal mourning, for marking losses together. And I've actually been thinking a lot about how a community grieves, I think because I've been experiencing it a lot recently. Uh, communal grief is sometimes about the loss of an individual human being or group of beings, but a lot of times it's about not necessarily the death of someone, but the loss of something that has changed or um, is no longer present or um, has transformed in some way. Um, it could be the loss of an experience, uh, the loss of a dream. The ones that I've experienced recently in the last month, I really felt this sense of loss and betrayal that our community felt when, when Central recently shared the full depth of, se of sexual misconduct of a former senior rabbi. For many people in the community who did not have a relationship with this rabbi, um, this was not a particularly complicated or hard um, revelation. But for the hundreds of families who have been here for more than 36 years who knew this rabbi and loved him, for whom he represented their Judaism, many of them were devastated and grieving. And I invited those members who'd been at Central during his tenure to attend um, one of a couple of town halls that I held, and many people showed up. And I would say that sitting in those town halls was like sitting in a shiva minion. And people needed to share their stories of this rabbi who in some ways they were mourning what they knew of who he was, but they shared stories of love, of how he helped them, how he inspired them or their children. And people were really processing this news with in varying stages of grief. Um, some were in denial. Uh, some felt that the woman should share in the blame. Some were angry at the synagogue or at me for sharing the news when it had happened so long ago or when they believed he had already suffered. Everyone was having their own experience following these different stages of grief that often come when there is some kind of loss. And I also experienced a sense of communal grief when I went to Israel last week. It was really one of the hardest trips I've ever made. 
I was only in Israel for about 48 hours on the ground. And I think that those of you who know me know that I have at times had a lot of critique for the Israeli government and how they've handled the situation. But in this particular moment, it was clear that Israel is, was deeply under attack, literally by Hamas rockets, but also in many ways, sometimes unfairly by the press and media, increasingly under attack by American leaders and other Jews. And in that moment, I felt like I wanted to remember that Israel is family for me. And when your family is suffering and attacked and feels very alone, that it really means something to just show up. So I showed up and I will say that we met with um, a dozen different leaders, Israeli leaders, Arab Jewish, Arab Israeli leaders. And it felt like we were sitting Shiva with this country. Everyone on all sides felt they were grieving and mourning. I listened to people talk about the trauma of having a rain of a thousand rockets targeted at their specific city, the trauma of having children who were afraid of seeing a balloon for fear that it was filled with a bomb sent from across the border. I heard Israeli Arabs speak about what it feels like to be humiliated at checkpoints, what it feels like to come so close to having an Arab party in the government for the first time and feeling that that possibility was, was over. Perhaps it's not. We sat in room after room with Israeli Jews and Israeli Arabs who let, literally wept with us over shattered dreams of a shared society that they had been working towards but then felt was broken. Holding this grief has been really different, difficult for me. I usually can sit with people's pain and not absorb all of it, but it was very hard not to because I realized that I too am grieving a country that I wanna see that might not be possible in the way that I've always imagined it. Now loss and grieving is different for everyone. And yet it is, one of the most universal experiences of all humankind across geography and time, space. We all will be grieving in our lifetimes. And our tradition instructs us with rituals on how to mourn when a loved one dies. But we don't know quite as well how to grieve when someone is not dead, but a relationship has died or when a dream dies when an aspiration dies, when an experience is gone. So even every change, even when it feels like it's for the better, has some loss in it. I was thinking about the fact that people are talking about coming out of the pandemic and it's wonderful and we're grateful, but there's also a sense of loss for the things that were good about the last year that might now be over a year where everything was slowed down, a year that included maybe unexpected time with loved ones, a year with many restrictions, but also some different freedoms. So this is just an opportunity for me to name 
some of the many different kind of communal mourning processes that I think people are having. So today's meditation is a meditation to move us through grief. I invite you to close your eyes if you haven't already. And I'm going to invite you to think about something or someone that you are grieving over. It might be a person. It might be a relationship that has changed. It might be coming out of this quarantine. It might be changing relationship with Israel. Whatever it is, I invite you um, to take this next few moments to move through a process that might help us. We're going to use the stages of mourning that our tradition teaches us when someone dies. I don't know. Oh, someone might. Can you believe it? My husband's phone is in here and it's ringing. I apologize. Okay, sorry. Let's do that again. Um, so I'm going to invite you to find, think of that thing. And the first thing we do when someone goes through grief is we do shmira, which is where we actually sit with the body. So I'm going to invite you, the first thing I'm going to do is invite you to sit with your loss. So often we just move so quickly past it and we don't acknowledge it. So right now, get proximate to it. Sit still near it. Be present to the pain because it honors in some way something that you love. So I'm just gonna invite you to take a few deep breaths and take some time here sitting guard over this thing or this person that is lost. Now, after the Shmira, the watching over, we prepare for this funeral and we eulogize our loved one. It's a way of remembering what you love about a person. Perhaps it's about an experience or something. Can you think of all the things that you love? Because remember that grief is just a reflection of your love. If you never loved, you wouldn't feel pain. So take a moment to remember what it is that you love about this person or this thing that you've lost. It's very important to hold on to that love. Take a few breaths here. And after the Shemirah, after the funeral, we move to burial. In, Jew, in Jewish tradition, 
we are all supposed to take part in burying. It's considered a mitzvah. But it also makes the burial and the loss tangible and real. We cannot escape it. And as you bury this loss, you know that things are not going to be exactly the same afterwards. The loss is real. But once you bury it, you can begin to create a new relationship. You can transform that love that you had, which never dies, into something different. You find yourself carrying on pieces of the love in your own life, directing that energy into new pursuits, new relationships, and all of this honors the love that you had and the loss and creates new growth. So take a few moments and allow yourself to participate in that closure. And after burial, we go to Shiva, which is a way of surrounding ourselves with community and telling stories and hearing stories and not mourning alone. All of this is really important also when you feel a sense of loss. So as we move into our silence, I'm gonna invite you to think of this mantra of kavod. Kavod means honor, but it comes from the same word as heaviness. Hmm. That when you honor something, you're giving it its appropriate weight and you feel the heaviness of it. So you can just share that mantra, kavod, or you can touch, just touch base with your breath or if you want to work through something you're grieving, I invite you to think about that, to sit with it and watch over it, to remember it and name what it is that you love, to gently bury the lost and let it go, and then to transform it. So, kavod, our word of the day, Thank you for this gift of this opportunity of this day to transform, to blessing, even that which is most heavy and weighty. I invite you to continue on at your own time in silence.
All right. I invite you to come out from that reverie. Mismo le dali Adonai rovi lo exa Vino te shea bitseni Al me menu rodina haleni I wish you all have a blessed day. See you next week.